Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Hey, I'm so glad to have you with me today for this chat. I am your host, Michelle Donnelly. Today, we have another installment of Pop Questions with Kelly Trontel. Today, we're going to be talking about oversharing. And I love, 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 love this topic because it touches on so many things related to our healing and our boundaries and discovering safe people and all of these really important things that are wrapped up kind of in this very small and unassuming habit that we might have of oversharing. Over the last several months, I've received several emails from women asking, where is the loneliness type quiz? And it is back. As single moms, loneliness is something we all have to deal with, but the reasons why we each deal with it are different and don't have that much to do with being in a relationship. To learn more about your experience with loneliness, what's causing it, and some of the ways out, start with our what's your loneliness type quiz. You'll find a link to that down in the show notes or by heading over to plusoneparents.org. This question came to us by way of a DM from a listener. And if you have a question that you would like to submit either by email or by a voice recording, stick around till the end of the episode and we'll tell you just how you can do that. But now here's this month's pop question. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Welcome back. Yes. So good to be back. It is a weird weather day for both of us. You're in Montana. Mm -hmm. I'm in Tennessee. Today it is 81 degrees (laughs) in October. (laughs) What is it where you are? Uh, Well, we're in that season. It can be 35 to 45 in the mornings, but then it could end up being like 72 in the afternoon. So yeah. it's, it's layers weather. So I am in a coat, but very cute. Coat. So thank you. Very thank cute. You. Coat. <laughs> so yeah, it's all over the place, but fall is here officially. Yes, it is. It is. Today we have a conversation about oversharing. This was a question that was submitted by a sweet friend through a DM. Her name is Amanda. And Amanda said, I was curious if you had a podcast that discusses being an oversharer. I heard you mention it in a recent podcast. Thanks. So I love this question. I'm actually obsessed with the topic of oversharing. And the reason is I used to be a very, very chronic oversharer. Especially at the beginning of my divorce, about... I would say about six months in, I ended up in a new church. And so I didn't know anybody, but this was the first time I felt like I'm walking into these strange new environments and I've got three kids and I don't have a ring on my finger and I don't know what people think about me. I don't know what I think about me. And so I was just prone to like get it all out right away. Um, If I would meet a new person, it was kind of like this. It was like, Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm divorced, but it was biblical and I'm doing great. You know, (laughs) nice to meet you. You know, 
And I recognize though, it was just a sign of how deeply uh, ill at ease I think I was, not just with my situation, but with myself. And I think a lot of times when it comes to oversharing, what we're trying to do is like find a way to be okay with ourselves or find a way to be okay with our stories. But unfortunately, the danger in that is that we're putting our hearts and our stories and our lives in the hands of people that we don't even know actually if they can handle it. We don't even know if we can trust them with it. And in doing this, one of the ways I learned how to pull back from it was I started receiving back comments from people who couldn't handle it. Mm. That would say things to me like, I'm praying for the restoration of your marriage because that's God's best for you. Mm. That was so incredibly hard for me to, to deal with because here I was feeling very much like I'm come to terms with some of this stuff. This is the path that I feel that we're being led down. But then to have that kind of input, there's already so much like self-doubt and fog and confusion and all that kind of stuff that comes up. And then to have this other person's advice that I don't even know if it's trustworthy. They don't even know me, right? But it just, it made that so much worse. And so it was actually though in that process then of of putting my heart on my sleeve and oversharing and things like that, where I just started to realize like, this might be bad for me. Mm. This I can't actually listen to every voice. And by the grace of God, I had a mentor who was able to hear all the things that I was saying, was right. able to give me clear perspective and wisdom and all that. And I think that's the thing about oversharing is it's only over if it's with the wrong people, right? Like if we've right. given them too yeah. much access, yeah. then it we've given them too much of a, of a space in our lives. And we don't even really know, given the relationship, if they can handle that. Right. You know, I think uh, we go through that space and time, you know, early on in disappointment, grief, divorce. And it does, it feels, I remember when I first met you, actually, you mentioned oversharing, like you said something, not even about you doing it, but just maybe even something that I had said, and you had said, not everybody needs to know Mm. all the details, you know, and you're, you're totally right. And I just remember that was so wise. I remember sitting at the park on the phone, our very first conversation and you mentioning that. And I just kind of took me back a little bit because it's not coming from someone that is outside of what we've walked through. Like it's coming from you who you, you're very much like you walk through what I've walked through and hearing you say that just hit different. And so mm-hmm. I, I love your heart on that. And the wisdom that comes with it and, and not to be confused with, you know, um, being silent and not sharing at all, you know, but that you identified it's with the right person or people, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. And I think in the, the wisdom of this less is more is the way that I've really grabbed onto because here's the real of it. People who are perpetrators, who are abusive, who are toxic. Mm -hmm. To them, when you overshare, that's actually a sign of low boundaries. It's a sign that I'm willing to let you into my life. 
but that I also probably have enough of discomfort with myself in there that I may not stand up to you either. And that was absolutely Mm -hmm. the case with me, you know? And so when we're doing these things, it's kind of, it's a red flag for healthier people. Like I've seen this happen. I've seen men approach me and overshare and I'm like, Ooh, this is a total turn off because it it feels like, wow, you're just not comfortable with yourself and your story and all that. Right. But to a person who is malicious, Mm. this is a green flag. This is something that they're like, okay, Ah. like I didn't even have to ask for this piece of your heart and this piece of your life. And so what else will you give me? Wow. And so I've seen where holding back can be so incredibly protective because it gives us the ability to give out things in increments That's right. and see how people respond. And I think that's boundary setting is hard because that's really what it is. It's trial and error. You know, there's a little bit of, are you going to hurt me with this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we kind of have to, we kind of, we kind of actually have to put in our minds though, that gives us that caution. Because if we don't, then we've opened the door to our whole heart, our whole lives we don't even know what this person's intentions are. Yeah. That is so good. I had never even thought of it like that. I'm mm-hmm. telling you that's mm-hmm. so wise. Mm-hmm. It's beyond just don't overshare. The reason why this can be so incredibly hard though is for me coming from a space of having very low boundaries, it's very it was very difficult for me to get my mind around but how do I not be all in mm-hmm. in every interaction? And I think I sort of saw having my heart on my sleeve and being very transparent as like this, just who I was like, this is, this is who God made me to be, to be open Mm -hmm. and warm and, you know, loving and engaging and truthful and all of those sorts of things. And so learning to kind of hold that back a little bit felt like wrong. Like, felt like, but I feel like I'm, I'm hiding, you know? Right. And I, I feel like, I've experienced that same thing. And my analogy was, you know, I, I mean, how I'm wired is I'm all in. Um, I trust everyone. I love everyone until you give me a reason not to. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people are like, you know, you need to prove, prove yourself to me. Yeah. And I, I'm not that way. So I feel like I'm kind of inching more in the middle, which is, I think, a healthy way. But I think as I was going through that process, exactly what you were saying, I felt like I was living with like one arm behind my back. You know what I mean? Like not fully like living and loving, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just that balance and boundary. And for me, I realized the marriage that I was in, I had to um, explain myself a lot and justify and that kind of played out, you know, on the back end of things, you know, of explaining and justifying and all of that. And so just again, doing the personal work and, and unraveling a lot of things that aren't serving me and aren't healthy. And I don't want to model that for my children. So it's a, it's a process that you go through, but definitely um, just being wise with who you share with. Yeah. I love that you brought that up as far as already being in a relationship or in a pattern of explaining or justifying. Right. Because if I really look at the roots of where this came from, like, yes, it plays out in an unhealthy marriage, but it was before that. Yeah. You know, it was part of this fixing that I needed to do constantly, where it's like, well, let me explain this, you know, and that happened with 
friendships that I had as a kid. And it just, it, it traces through my whole entire story, you know? And so when you're in that rhythm of, well, I explain and I fix and I can, you know, kind of manage the details to make things work, then it feels sort of like that is, I mean, we, we actually kind of get good at it, you know, and it kind of feels like that's just the way we do things. Mm -hmm. But going through that awkwardness of feeling like I have to hold back from people. I love though. You're so right because we can approach this from one of two angles. We can be like, Hey, no, I'm going to hold all my cards until you prove yourself, Mm -hmm. which can be isolating. Um, Or we can be like, here are all my cards and do whatever you want with them. (laughs) You know, that yes, it is for us to have balance in the middle to just give a little though, just, just, inch into it rather than like going full force into it. And in that process though, that we can determine who the safe people are so that then we can share more of our, our whole heart with people. And that even in of itself was awkward though. Once I learned not to overshare and to really keep the story sacred, you know, to recognize that those are really sacred parts of my heart. Then when I started to open up to people I I perceived were safe, oh, that was so, it was so hard now. I was like, it swung the opposite direction where it was like, oh, sharing these things feels so messy. But because I had done the work ahead of time of just inching into it, I already knew how I was going to be received. So even though it was hard, and even though I was like, oh my gosh, they're just going to like push me away. This friend is going to be like, she is so much. Um those people are consistent. And so they show you, they can handle it. They show you, Hey, that's not, that's not weird that you're thinking that way. Or gosh, I'm so sorry that you've been through that. Like you can start to experience that compassion with safe people. Right. Um, And so then it's not over sharing it's there, but they're also doing the same thing for you. They're sharing the things that they're walking through and you're consistent with them, you know? And I think though, that's the difference between mentorship where it's way more one-sided where you're doing the sharing and they're doing the nurturing. But with safe friendships, that there's reciprocity yeah. in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that is so important. I was blessed to have a counselor um, in my life at that time. And gosh, yeah, that is so helpful to have have that relationship, you know, where you can do the oversharing and the processing. And it is messy. It's messy. And along with that comes just shame. I think just like, this is so gross and so bad. And yeah. So I think having that safe person and, um, you know, for me navigating those friendships during the, um, the divorce process was, was hard, you know, people that I thought were safe, weren't safe, you know, um, there's, there's nothing neutral (laughs) in my opinion, when you're going through divorce, it just isn't. I mean, there are there are sides. And I just want to even just like say that and make that normal. You know, I think people want to hold on so tight to, well, I'm not gonna pick sides or not getting involved. And okay, then you're then that and I'm not at all wanting to, you know, pull people in that don't want to be when you hear things like that, rather than getting upset. This is what I love to just tell myself five years ago, you know, just take those as just it's just wisdom words from the lord you know of who is going to be walking this out with you and 
he'll let you know and he'll show you. And rather than being upset, but just take it as like, thank you, Lord. Cause there were some people that I was holding on to and, um, you know, really pursuing, you know, they were friends for a long time. And, um, and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, you know, but just seeing, um, that play out, just allowing it to have space and time. And they ended up being in his wedding and getting into business together and all of that. And it's like, Lord, thank you. Like he knows every conversation that is taking place when you're not in the room. He knows the hearts of everybody. So I know it's hard because in that season, like your world is crumbling apart. It's the rug is being pulled out from underneath you. And, um, but to just trust that process of like, Lord, bring the people in that are supposed to walk this out with me. Um, allow the ones that are in my life to stay. If that's, if, if that's the relationship that's supposed to be in my life at that time, but I don't know, almost having like an open hands approach, even as everything is crumbling and just letting the chips fall and, um, yeah. And just being very discerning. And in that process, when you were setting those boundaries, you know, things were said about me, like, oh, Kelly's like shutting people off or Kelly's because they're, they're not seeing this side of me, right? It's different. Well, you are a different person when you're walking through divorce. If anyone is at, at all expecting you to be the same Michelle, the same Kelly, yeah, pre-divorce, right. mid-divorce, post-divorce, like it's not. And so being okay with that, you know? And so what they were saying, like Kelly's not the same or Kelly's writing us off or Kelly is, you know, shutting us out. No, Kelly is get, having boundaries for the first time in a long time. Yeah. And I'm trying to identify who is safe and I'm, and I'm not going to make you choose. If you don't feel like you want to choose or you believe that it's neutral, it's not, but I'm not going to talk you out of that perspective. Like that's that. And so it's hard, but looking back now, I mean, it was difficult at that time, but these are the things that I wish that I would have like Mm. known, you know, honestly, as your life changes, so do your friends. And I think if we can normalize that conversation, that's okay. And let it, let them go, let them go. Yeah. And that's so wise. Still be gracious and loving and all of that. But as you create your boundaries, um, your friendships will change and that is okay. Yeah. Okay, let's get real for a second. Have you ever just looked around at your life and thought, is this really all that there is? I know I have. But what if God actually agrees with us? Plus One Parents has released a brand new Bible study experience called Made for More, 30 Days of Discovering God's Redemption in Your Disappointment. In this study, you'll have a look at the scriptures and what they tell us about where God is in our disappointment, what He is doing to draw near to us even when we have doubt, and exactly what He is doing to redeem every last piece of our stories, even the mistakes. Made for More is now available, and it's part of the Plus One Parents Collective All Access Membership Level, which you'll find a link to down in the show notes. What you see around you in life right now is not all that there is. You were made for more. I know it's what you're talking about, like not wanting to hear that because it's loss on top of loss on top of loss. And it just feels like, is this ever going to stop? Like the bottom just continues to just, I thought we were there. And then like it happens, you know, and I've even had where I made new friends and then lost those ones, you know, 
But what I see now, you know, years on though, is the ones that I have, boy, I can trust them with anything. Like we are doing life together. Like these are my spiritual brothers and sisters. These are the friends who are family to me. And moving across the country where I'm not near any of my extended family, my, my nuclear or my parents, you know, they're here, but like my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, their grandparents, they're all somewhere else, you know? And I think sometimes if you've got a loyalty, especially, you know, you want to just believe that you can hang on and that people will stick with you for your whole life. And some people may have friends like that, but more often the people who are the players in our lives are there for this very certain season and however long that may last. But if you're willing to though, let people show you where they want to be and accept that the power really though, is in determining then where do you want to be? You know? And I think a lot of times we feel so disempowered because I'm like, I don't want to lose these people. So I'm trying to like go after them, you know, and, and bite them back in. And maybe if I tell them more about this, or maybe if we spend more time doing this or da, 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 you know, and it's like, Boundaries is a lot about letting people show you who they are and what they want to do, what they can do, what they can handle. And then you in your, in your peace with the Lord saying, okay, well, if I'm being called to let this go, if this is no longer fitting Mm -hmm. for this season, then Lord, I know you're not going to take that away without showing me something else, you know? And I think that's where a lot of the trust with the Lord gets developed though, is in that hard stuff of having to let it go and saying, all right, but I'm trusting that this is not it. Mm -hmm. This is not, this is, we're not done, right? Like this is not going to be my whole life and allowing new people into that space. And he has shown me in, in that process, just how much more love that I had to experience Mm -hmm. from new and different people. And sometimes it was friendships that I had that just grew because actually the people were on the periphery, but were now more able to, for whatever reason, be more engaged that season of my life. Right. But I think there's a fluidity to it that at the beginning, it just feels like loss on top of loss on top of loss. And it's like, no, he's, he's going to move people out of the way though, because he's putting you, I just think about like a plant being transparent transplanted into a right. new new ground yeah. you know it's yes. like yes there's like it's a bigger pot there's you yes. know more soil or you know it's a bigger place to grow um and sometimes you just are you've outgrown that relationship and that's okay yeah and that's okay uh kelly on the flip side of this so you're talking about i loved your your perspective on this sometimes with oversharing it's messy but sometimes it's because we want to share with the whole world, something that happened, something that was unjust, something that we just like are, it's like eating us alive inside and we just got to get it out. Absolutely. I know. I know that feeling all too well. And it just goes back to, um, I think just, just being wise, you know, um, I think I told you on a phone call when I had discovered you know, the unfaithfulness in my marriage, I wanted to like go on Facebook and be like, you know, and 
just so grateful and thankful for these two friends I had on the phone with me that were like, no, 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 no. And I just felt so justified, you know, like I, it's truth. Like I'm, I'm saying this and this, like, it's true. Like why? Mm -hmm. And, and also just, again, it could be just that rallying, you know, and, and, you know, at that time I was absolutely fighting for my marriage, you know what I mean? So I was looking for like troops to come alongside and help me. Um, because that wasn't the case. I mean, it was shocking, like how so, so many people just are not comfortable of like getting in the pit with you. And, um, I was surprised and, um, it, it, gave me a lens to look back at relationships. And again, whoever's listening to this today, I think it's so wise to take inventory and often of who is in your life. Will they, will they really show up and be there for you? Um, I, I have these conversations often. And I even said that to you on the phone, like if you all of a sudden start seeing me, like, you know, having a wild Instagram stories, you know, on a Friday or Saturday night, like, do I have people in my life that are going to, you know, not be afraid to offend me or get, you know, get into my business? Or am I going to have people say, Kelly, you know, let's, I want to have coffee with you, you know, just like really call things out. That's what I want. And so there's just a protection, you know, in that. So just having those friends in your life, you know, that will stop you from doing wild and crazy things and, <laughs> you know, going on social media and just saying stuff that doesn't need to be shared, especially, I don't want to say never, right. But just in that moment, like that moment that I wanted to do that was not the moment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there were no divorce papers filed or anything like that, you know? So that just would have like added been even more crazy, you know, to do that. So I think just getting, um, having a moment, <laughs> taking a deep breath and, um, and just, again, the Lord sees it all. He hears it all. We are so loved, you know? And so he cares for us deeply and he knows, he knows suffering and, um, so that, that to me, was just getting back to the heart of, of that. We don't serve this God, you know, that's sitting up in heaven and just, you know, watching and, you know, orchestrating this or that, but he truly knows what suffering and disappointment and betrayal is like. And there's just a tenderness that I got to just get to know and experience and walking through this, you know, in my, at times, you know, feeling like you don't understand, like, Jesus doesn't understand this. And it's like, no, mm. <laughs> he knows betrayal. Betrayal is betrayal. Like we've yeah. said, loss is loss. And so that's something that I've said for years. So kind of like eating my own words here, you know, like we, we can't say Jesus doesn't know the betrayal that we've experienced because it didn't look like ours. But I've said for years, loss is loss. You know, there, there's not, certain levels of it, you know, you losing a dog versus me losing something else, like it's loss. So betrayal is betrayal. And I absolutely believe that the betrayal that I've experienced, the Lord that that's very close to his heart and knows more than anybody and can relate to any relate to us more than anyone. So yeah, I think just having, having those 
wise voices in our in our corner is very important. I appreciate you talking about going down that track of like, well, Jesus doesn't understand because you said something when you were just talking about protection. And this was a thought that I was like, oh, this is fascinating because when things like that happen to me, I go the other direction. I'm like, I'm going to go quiet. I'm going to pull back. I don't want anybody to know. I can be very private that way, Mm -hmm. you know? And so tell, tell me about the protection aspect of this though, and wanting to share and get it all out there and how that, that there's an angle of you wanting to protect yourself. Right. Yeah, I think so. And I think it could go back to the explaining and justifying, but I do, I feel like they're, they're in the oversharing could be an element of like self protection and very similar to what you shared at the beginning earlier, you know, like, hi, my name is Michelle and I'm divorced. It is biblical, you know, like, right. it's, like it's okay. It's not what you think, you know, and that's just like exactly. protection. <laughs> like, don't think of me that way. You know, I mean, in some ways it's so crazy. I mean, this is very, you know, a very, very relevant to today's conversation, especially in church, you know, just moms and single moms, you know, like I've even had that cross my mind. Like there's just something about like, well, I was married, you know, I'm divorced, you know, I'm just right. walking in here with two kids. Like, yes, that's this thing that no, I, I've even heard from friends who are widows that they want to get out. I'm a widow so that the stigma of divorce doesn't get attached to them, wow. you know? So it's like, there is, but I think there's a rejection that's underneath this fear of rejection. And so it's like, well, let, let me tell you my side of the story yeah. and then you won't reject me and we'll be cool. Like we could just, we right. could start here. That is so fascinating. And it's so true. It's like this, mm-hmm. this like self-judgment, you know, that we're projecting and also projecting out and in, I feel like there is that self-protection, you know, that. I want to, I want to say this. So, you know, you know, and there's a lot of junk that, that goes along with divorce and it's nasty and gross and different narratives and different stories. And, you know, are there two sides to every story? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That could be another, (laughs) another topic, Mm. but you know, uh, so just you're, you're battling against that. And then in my case, I'm in a small town, you know? And so just wanting, I, I, I feel very, it's very important to me to have like my character, you know, there's certain, we live a certain way above reproach or try to. And so I think for, to get ahead, you know, like that self-protection again, of just like to get ahead. No, I'm not getting divorced because I abused you. Like what, you know, like, yeah. I'm sorry. I found this, you know, and so you just kind of get into that back and forth and wanting to get ahead of this narrative or lie or whatnot. And so there is that self-protection too. And so again, you know, would I do things differently going back, you know, some things, yes. And in some ways, like I shared before, I mean, sometimes I feel like my silence is only protecting my abusers. So there's just that balance. And so I think again, going back to what you said, of just being having the wise counsel in your life, you know, before I do a post, before I share a little bit more about what I'm walking through, I do have eyes on things. I do pray about this. I, I'm not just like, I feel like writing this and going Mm -hmm. online and just 
saying whatever that I, I do not, I don't at all encourage going on social media and just writing what's on our heart at all. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is understanding what it is to come under the umbrella of God's protection. And when we're really raw, emotional, been hurt, betrayed, rejected, abandoned, whatever it is, we don't know sometimes where God is in that. And so it's like, well, I'm going to take this into my own hands because I don't know where God is and I don't know what he's doing. And even to the point of saying, well, I don't think Jesus even gets this and digging into scripture though, and just seeing like, oh no, like our God has been so betrayed, you know, that he absolutely gets this and he grieves with us. He hates the things that are hurting us. He hates the, the wickedness that we have to suffer at the hands of other people. He hates it. And that he will do justice in his time. And I think in, in really resting in that, then we have less of that need though, to be validated or to protect ourselves or whatever is motivating this thing underneath, because we can know I'm at home with the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. he sees it and he's going to fix us any better, like way better than any oversharing on my part could do. So I'm going to give that over to him. That's his job. Right. And he'll give me the wisdom of what to say, what not to say. Right. But probably when I'm emotional is not the moment <laughs> that I'm going to be able to discern that. Um, and and that's really though where the roots of forgiveness are at, you know, where it's like forgiveness is all about, I'm not going to be the one to bring justice. I'm going to let God right. handle that. And I'm going to go in peace. And the more that that peace becomes our home address, mm. you know, knowing what it is to be resting in in his goodness and his covering, then it's like, oh, I don't want to go outside of that because I'll just mess it all up, mm. you know? And so that brings me, you know, to the the verse I was thinking about, you know, I was praying over about this subject. And the verse I came across was Proverbs 21, 23. It says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Or in our case, whoever keeps guards her mouth and her tongue (laughs) keeps her soul from troubles. But just recognizing, like, I'm thinking like mouth and tongue, like, why would you put those two things in the proverb together? You know, and the mouth it's open or it's closed, right? That's how speech comes out. It's either open or it's closed. And so it's wisdom and discernment of deciding who is it going to be open with and who is it going to be closed with? Mm -hmm. And then the tongue being the instrument, you know, in our mouth by which things are said, you know, what are the things that I'm going to say? And that by guarding those things though, and being very cautious that we're going to keep our soul from trouble. So Oversharing by its very nature is giving out too much to people that we can't trust. And that is going to bring us all the fear, all the insecurity, all the anxiety. We feel like it's going to validate us in the moment. Really, all it's going to do is just keep that cycle spinning around and around and around. And that if we will recognize that this is actually something that could be used to harm us, that someone can either neglect us by not responding to this information or abuse us by using this information in a wrong way, then there's actually great strength in standing guard over what's in our heart that would come out of our mouth and great true protection actually in allowing God to reveal what he would reveal about the people around us as we hold these pieces close to our heart and 
let him show us the right way, the right time, the right place, the right people, all those kinds of things. So good. Thank you so much, Kelly. Girl, it was so good sitting down with you again today. So good. I love this. Now, if you would like to submit a question for an upcoming pop question segment, head over to plusoneparents.org. If you scroll down a little on the homepage, you'll see a feature on our website where you can actually leave us a voice recording of your question. Or if you prefer to be a little more anonymous, you can click on the contact page and send your question by email. I'd love to invite you to get more involved with the Plus One Parents community. If you head over to plusoneparents.org, you can sign up to become part of our free private community experience, the Plus One Parents Collective. On the website, you can also check out our blog and other resources on topics relating to dating and parenting, abuse recovery, and spiritual well-being. Or you can also get on our mailing list to receive Plus One Parent exclusive updates. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.